Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Today, on this very snowy day, we are talking about the thing that we hear about and get the most questions, hands down, by far, the most. How do I find a storage facility deal? How do I get into my first storage facility? Where are the buys? Everybody's asking, especially in today's market, I want to find a deal. What makes a good deal and where do I find them? I think that's probably twice the question we get from any other question. Wouldn't you agree? I think so, man. I mean, just knowing where to look, what to look for. I mean, that in a nutshell is is probably what we hear the most. No, no doubt. Okay. Me and Connor, we had a podcast about this a couple of months ago called The Playbook. It's one of our best podcasts that we've had. So Connor took that and made an actual playbook like he he converted it wrote a bunch of stuff in but uh, and put it on the website and so anybody could go and download the playbook and we've decided we're just going to keep adding to it and making it more and more and more robust that's playbook for people trying to get into the industry trying to find storage facility deals and I was working with our so we have an inner circle and we have uh, uh, this group of us where we're underwriting we're finding deals underwriting it and these guys are just awesome that we're part of. But me and Connor, so I was giving them some videos and we were talking about this. And uh, we're like, let's, let's, we need to talk to more people about what we're explaining to these guys in the inner circle. And it, and it goes right along with the playbook. And it's just awesome. And, and, I, and I really think that it's important because it's a hack. It's like a complete hack to finding deals and I, and I think that I, I didn't really think about this, obviously, when I was saying it, because to me, it's just once you're in something and you see and understand value, which we talked about that in the Cash Flow to Freedom podcast in a big way, which if you hadn't heard understanding value, finding value, look at that. Uh, go back and listen to that. We'll cover Super it good today. episode. Super good episode. But the understanding like we're, we're in it, I can analyze deals very quickly and I'll know immediately whether there's a value potential there. Let me explain our process real quick. I work in searching markets, networking, dealing with people and creating deal flow. Once that deal flow comes to us, we've had a deal through a broker partner that's bringing us an off-market deal. He's actually coming on the podcast here soon. And uh, so he brings this deal to us. Me and Connor are looking at the pros, cons. We're going back and forth. We do high-level underwriting, which means we're looking for the value add. We're looking for the upside. We're looking for the stability, the uncontrollables, the risk, managing all those things. 
after we get all those things done, we gather the data, we hand it over to our CFO, and he underwrites it. it just basically means puts all the numbers into our models, right? Which I, we actually gave uh, one of the models we have to our inner circle. It's the same thing. that He just punches it in. We get a second eye, which everyone should do. You should be going to your accountant saying, what am I missing? And then we debate this internally. We shoot it back to this broker that brought us to the off-market, says, this is where we're at. And we do a ping-pong right approach to pinpointing the actual worth of that facility. And this ping-ponging, you know, back and forth, back and forth is a discovery process. So at first glance, I can almost always tell immediately, we should either look into this or we don't. And 90% of the time, it's no. I can take a, you know, in immediately based upon a price, usually like you're, you're so far, I, I can already tell you're millions over. Like there's no reason to have a conversation. Or we don't ever want to touch this asset. But once we start getting in and doing a deep dive into pegging the valuation of that asset, it's like, we, we can't be wrong. And we're turning over stones and we're looking at everything we can to underwrite this deal. As we're going through that, and this is where it's like, we, we got to get this right. You got to make it work. We are looking to understand not just today's value, but the valuation when it's under our control and finding the spread between that, I talk about that a lot, not the future potential, but the unrealized potential or the money that's being left on the table, as I like to think about it. Right and now, today. Yes, right now, today. And that's where we capitalize on that, that, that difference. But because we do this ping-ponging and discovery so much, it's second nature. And I understand, though, for people that are coming into the industry, they've never owned a self-storage facility. They may have used one or something. It's understanding that valuation part can be scary. And it rightfully should be. Because if you get that part wrong, nothing else matters. If you underwrite the asset wrong and get the wrong valuation and you overpay, you can't go back and get that, that, that overvaluation back. It's already gone. It's a done deal. Uh, it's a done deal. And so I understand why that's so important and so scary to people and why they can't see the opportunities. So the playbook is designed to help you find deals that you may want to buy or may want to buy and how to identify those deals. So how to get into it, how to identify the deals that you should, that, that you should buy. So I thought of a few ways, and, and, and let me walk you through real quick this hack that I have, it's, this is high level, it's quick, but it, I, I mean, it works. It's just true. It'd work every single day. Nine times out of 10, you're going to get a deal. Whether you can actually get the deal bought at the price you want, that's a totally different story. But I can tell you how to find the deal. I could go to any state and I could pull up however many cities and I could identify, give, you know, give me and Connor a week and we could probably identify 50 facilities we'd want to buy. Now, getting it done, that's once again, that's totally different. Now we go into going negotiating it, things like that. But most people don't even know where to look. So I'm trying to help you understand how to analyze the treasure map that is sitting in front of you. And to say, hey guys, X marks the spot. Now you've got to go dig. And we're going to help you and figure out how to dig. And that's the point of this podcast and how to get to that valuation. But for right now, let us help you understand X marks the spot. There's three degrees of investors. Let's clarify that right now. Obviously, one specific method is not the method for everyone. 
the method we describe in the playbook is probably for 95% of everyone that is looking to invest in, in storage. It's not what I'm doing right now. It is not my method. It is where I started. And if I had to go back and regress from all the progress, it's where I'd back be. And it's exactly how I would start. But I'm looking at buying 100,000 square foot facilities or portfolios worth $20 million. It's a different, it's a different analyzing process. Absolutely. So, yeah. But the, you have this first level of investor that's looking at getting in, like how we started. The second level is this mid-level. This is now you're into bigger assets, right? You're trying to get in, but you're not doing portfolios. You're not buying bankrupt super Kmart yet. You're not doing massive conversions. And then there's the higher level guys. These are professional, active investors. This is what they do. They do real estate, right? They're out there and they are looking for it. And we're gonna have and we're gonna have podcasts that are really designed for these high level guys that have staff and have their assistants that just crunch data and that that's great. I love that. That's awesome. But too, we do realize in this podcast, that's not the majority of the people. So the playbook for all of you trying to find your first deal. Now, too, once again, if you are a fund, if you are looking at getting in the industry and you're just starting to get into self-storage, the playbook works for you and you should do it. I've talked a lot about this theoretically and trying to like, don't send me emails saying, oh, AJ, that doesn't work all the time and things like that. Great. 95% of the time, this is it. This is the playbook. Let's dive in. All right. The process that we're going to walk you through here is simple. I want you to keep it simple. We're trying to find X marks the spot on the map. Identify underperforming facilities in areas that have demand, stabilized cash flows that will grow. Okay. All right. So first thing you got to do, I tell you, take an area map of whatever state you want to invest in, that you are in, or wherever that area is for you. We're not going to get into the macroeconomic side. We've done that two podcasts ago, three podcasts ago. Go back, listen to that one. We'll talk about trends, all that. So that's one of the layers. Now, after that, you go and you identify all markets that have a stable, growing population. I don't mean booming, okay? This is really important to understand. I'm not talking about the markets that are on the Wall Street. Definitely ones to avoid, if anything. Yes, I'm talking about the markets that are good, solid markets, completely overlooked, you know, 10,000 plus people, they grow steadily every year, good employment base, things like that, right? We find all these markets, and then I want you to list, which there's thousands of these markets across the United States. You could never analyze all of them. If you're a programmer out there, I just challenged you. And if you can analyze that, please, <laughs> just, please call me uh, and let's have a conversation. I just thought of the guys at Radius Plus. They're probably <laughs> listening to this be like, challenge accepted. What? what did he just say? <laughs> so, uh, which we are having a conversation with them about that. Uh, but so anyways, there's all these markets across the United States. Pick your region, pick your state, identify, you know, take the 15, 20 markets around you. Look at the ones that are stable. Cross off all the ones that aren't. I was born in this little city called Burley, Idaho. None of you know where it is. And you're very lucky you don't know where that is. And it has been decreasing in size. I don't look there to go because you have a, a contraction of population gain, right? But then there's other little cities across Idaho, across Utah, Montana, across Florida, across Alabama that do have population growth or are steady. 
within those markets, go to those markets, and let's say that it's, you know, whatever, Cotton Eye Joe, Alabama. Go to Cotton Eye Joe, Alabama, and Google self-storage facility, Cotton Eye Joe, Alabama. I should, I should have used something <laughs> simpler here. <laughs> and uh, then in that, look and see the ads, the pop-up ads, people advertising to you for self-storage facilities. 10,000 square foot town, there's nobody that's actively advertising to you online, self-storage, write that name down. Go through all these cities and do that. All the ones that are not sending you ads on your phone, write them down. Go into all those cities, take all the facilities, spreadsheet them. Find the ones that have the highest rent, the lowest rent, okay? Then the ones with the lowest rent in the city that's not advertising, highlight all of those, find the ones in the best locations, then go offer stupid prices to them. And then when you go offer stupid prices to them, you take and uh, we have this, you can go onto the site, um, self-storage income. I have a modeler we built and it has scenario A and B. The scenario A is what it's currently doing. Then take what the top facility rate in, rates in town is doing and give it 10% more because you're going to be a price leader. Map it on the side, see the spread. If the spread gets you 20 plus percent returns, which in most cases it will, you buy it. Why? We know if you're looking at them and they're 100% full and nobody's advertising, they're under they're, they're facilities that aren't being actively managed, yet there's plenty of demand. So you're not worried about upping rates. The known rate, the, uh, the known market top is there. And so you can come in, up rates, if people leave, you can actively advertise, pull people into that facility very quickly at a higher rate. That way you're increasing that revenue fast. Go do that to every single city. I'm going to walk you through that one more time. You're going to go identify all cities over X percentage population growth, whichever you feel comfortable. I'm not telling you what that is, 5,000, 10,000, whatever that is, that has steady increased population growth. Go search online facilities in that city, and if there's no ads that pop up to you on your mobile device, highlight the city. city. Then go to all the cities that you've highlighted now that are, are on your spreadsheet that aren't being uh, marketed to, find all the facilities in the town, write them all down, price them from the highest to the lowest, the bottom, whatever, 20%, highlight all those, move those to a new spreadsheet. All the ones with good locations, you keep them on. All the ones with bad locations, take them off. Whatever's left over, go and offer a four cap to. Now I know I just heard somebody screaming in a car, four cap, this guy's stupid. Okay, now hold your flipping horses. We've had a conversation, too, about this, why cap rates, why I think cap rates don't matter. And please don't go bash on me on YouTube like Bob did, who's like, you don't understand cap rates. And I'm like, eh, I have $150 million that says I do understand cap rates. But, you know, sorry, that was totally douchey. But uh, <laughs> what I'm saying here is, like, we got in a big war over this, is that if you're offering a four cap, but you're fixing the revenue and you're fixing the expense ratios, it doesn't matter. So if you go to somebody, and we use this all the time, and it works really well, you say, I will offer you a four cap. So I know that offer them, we take it, and we go side by side. Uh, comparison here, we have scenario A, scenario B. Scenario A is what they're existing doing. At a four cap equals $1.5 million on whatever the revenue is, right? 
but at a normal expense ratio that is documented, go to SSA, ISS, go to any of those sites, look and find what the average expense ratio is in the industry, which is going to be like 34%. So don't let them make the stuff up and say, I'll take the average because we all know that we have an operation that's, that's logical. It's not what I'm saying it is. I'm saying industry norms. You put that in. Most of the time, the spread between what you're buying and the upper one is so big that you can offer low prices and it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying, first of all, obviously start high. You want to negotiate. What I'm saying, though, is I would rather get a four cap at a facility that I can turn around than a seven cap at a facility that I can't. Because when I turn the facility around at a four cap, it's going to be a 12 cap. And that's what we do here. And so, you know, don't get caught up when you're looking at the price. When you go to make the offers, be more aggressive on the facilities that have the larger upside because you can build the upside in. That's all I'm saying with that. So when you look through, pair them side by side. So you model out the value, you're modeling out the revenues, and you're securing your expense ratios, not off you, not off the facility. And now, I I say this in quotations here because you do need to realize as you're analyzing those expense ratios, if there's something outside the variable that is not normal or expected, you you need to include all the known expenses. But what happens is lots of times they'll say, "Um, I want to sell you this at a six cap. And my expense ratio is we were just going through this. Guys like, oh, I operate this facility at 11% expense ratio. No one operates and can actively operate a well-run storage facility at 11% expense ratio. If I bought that, I'm not buying it at whatever cap he says, a six cap, it's actually a three cap. Because a normal healthy expense ratio when I'm including advertising, when I'm including employment, all those kind of things is more around mid-30s. So when you're looking at that, when you're looking at that valuation, once again, all I'm saying with all this when you're making that offer is that an a really poor facility that has lots of upside, I'm actually willing to pay more for on a cap rate basis than a facility that's maxed out. Because my return at the end of the day, which is all I care about, I'm an investor, I operate business businesses, my return on my cash and that cash flow will be greater with the facility that can be turned around and reach to the one that was at a six cap. I hope that makes sense. I know I'm, I'm a little kind of all over the place around here, but the process I really do believe in this. It works. You can do it. I've talked to so many people when they're trying to get into storage. They don't understand how to value it. Uh, this is this is the hardest part. Where do I find it and how do I value it? You want to give yourself a buffer. You want it to cash flow day one, but you want there to be upside. And they need to be poorly ran. You need to be able to get in there and change something, right? You don't want to go buy a great actively ran storage facility if you're not in the industry and you know nothing about it because you don't know if you can operate it at that level. So you have huge downside. Now, people that you look at a facility and the owner's doing nothing, not even running ads, you can say, listen, there's, you know, there's something I can do here. And then you have upside. It's protecting your downside. That's my personal belief. That's where you guys should be at when you're getting into it because then you can learn. You can learn about the industry. You protected your downside. You can up cash flow. You have cash flow coming in. You learn how to improve operations. I'm not saying take on a major project, by the way. Be careful about, you know, looking at CapEx, 
different things that you have to do. It's not you don't go buy a hundred thousand square foot facility that needs a complete turnaround. I'm not saying that. Remember, we're starting simple and small, good location, decent facility, but they're not advertising. It's just being neglected, right? It needs a little TLC. We can all do that. I think that's just a winning model because we did that and it worked and it well, worked for us. We just did that with one of the most recent facilities that we purchased. I mean, that was. Yep. I mean, management was literally the biggest upside in that facility. There's not a whole lot of structural uh, or maintenance that needs done or additions or any of that stuff. Maybe an office remodel, but that's yeah, about it. That's about it. There's no major CapEx. Nope. Uh, I literally 90% of it is probably, probably just the management itself. Yeah. And the one up the Super street simple. from the one that we bought, we did the exact same thing. There was zero CapEx. Our returns on that facility were massive. We had zero CapEx. We didn't do anything. We haven't changed anything in the facility ever since we bought it years ago. And that, that I'm exp- this process that I'm explaining to you, we bought that facility for just over $3 million. It's worth six today. And uh, that's what we used. How many I, years ago did you buy that one? Was that the other one up the street? Two and a half yeah. years ago? Two and a half years. Yeah. Three years. Okay. So, you know, when you're looking for X on the spot, you need to work on working with brokers, telling them exactly specifically, like I just lined up to you, what you're looking for. You can tell them, say, this is what I want. Go find it. And then you get out there and you go find it. But identify it. Don't just blast a thousand facilities because you're going to get 500 back. And out of the 500, you may not want any, not one of them. And you're going to get burned out. And you're going to get burned out <laughs> really quickly. Super you're right. fast. Super fast. So... It's a way that I, this process to me is a way that I underwrite before I even find the facility, right? It's like, I'm not finding it. Then, okay, now I'm going to go backpedal and do all of this every time, get the whole entire workout, identify those things, buy them, turn around. I hope that helps everybody. It, that, that's an easy way. That's how I think if you're in my brain, which I apologize you're in my brain. <laughs> but uh, that's, that makes sense to me. So I, I hope that it, uh, we've articulated that in a way that makes sense to you guys because it's, it, I, I understand it's so important to you because the emails, the comments, everything we're getting back. And the, I mean, we talked to so many of you guys on the phone, which you're just all awesome. It's, this is the feedback we're getting. And that's the main question. I hope that helps, and I I, I think that it should. This is a conversation that we're going to go even further into, and we'll keep going, everybody. Our next podcast is going to be on valuations, and we're going to talk about that same kind of thing we talked about on our other podcast, but we need to talk about it specifically to storage. But other than that, I hope that helps you guys out. Connor, anything to add? No, man, very well put. I was just kind of hanging out in the background. I told uh, AJ I was just going to be his cheerleader here on this episode, just yes. hanging out in the background, being like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Do that. <laughs> so, no, man, I, I think that's awesome. And uh, like oh, we've go mentioned. Go to the site, the playbook. Yeah, go yeah. check out that playbook. And e- even though we'll continue adding to it and everything, go check it out as is right now because it, it literally talked about everything that we talked about outside of the Google search and the ads. And I don't think we put – uh, offer stupid prices in there. We might want to yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and we might want to not say offer <laughs> stupid prices, but <laughs> uh, uh, build relationship with uh, yes. owner. Yes, offer stupid offer price. Reasonable. <laughs> uh, no, but awesome, awesome in- advice, man. And uh, it's just it's incredible to lay out everything in such an easy to understand format for everybody that's looking to start or that just wants some clarification. Maybe you're a passive investor that just wants some clarification on how 
how we operate, yeah. how somebody else yeah. operates, any of that stuff. So definitely go check it out, selfstorageincome.com. Yep. And yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next episode as we uh, continue this incredible self-storage Hey, if, if you guys like the way we just explained that and laid it out, seriously, give us a five-star rating and a great review. Let us know, because if not, we'll keep working and changing the information and how we're presenting it to you guys. But if you're like, no, that was this process-oriented stuff, this, this is helpful, please let us know by giving us a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate when you guys do that for us. So thanks, Absolutely. everybody. Thanks a so bunch.